0: and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian, a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're celebrating fall from home with four cozy, simple, and socially distanced activities. From virtual leaf peeping to whipping up some delicious desserts in the kitchen, we hope these ideas will make you fall in love with autumn all over again. But first, let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. What's making me feel cozy this week is a YouTube channel. I've been really more into YouTube during this whole quarantine situation.
1: I'm all about YouTube. I can get into that
0: than ever before. I used to just use it as a, oh, I need to know how to do this thing. And I want to watch a YouTube video. Now I have a bunch of channels I subscribe to. And I just keep picking more and more up. (laughs) And one of them, because you know, the algorithm gets to know you.
1: Oh, it does. I think you at, I think I had was watching YouTube through our All Things Cozy account accidentally. And you were like, why is there an old clip from Regis and Kelly on on our page or YouTube page or our search page or something like that? So it does. It, it shades you, it shows you every, all your embarrassing clips that you watch. I'm just watching clips of the view. I'm bouncing around here, <laughs> watch old Dido videos. <laughs> it really, really shows who you are as a person. So.
0: Why are there so many views on videos for how to cut? I was so confused. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, No. Also, Jillian, I love when there's just random things in our shared all things cozy drive. I'll never forget (laughs) when I checked one day and there were just these horrifying bread bowl images that look like gaping wounds. Like it was these were (laughs) Panera bread bowls. That I think must have been for some sort of ad copy that you were doing. Yes. And they were horrifying looking. Like, they were the least appetizing. It was like somebody got their, like, just got gouged out. It was horrible. But And, and so I was like, what are these disgusting... What is that um, uh, condition people have where they can't look at holes? It makes them Oh, nauseous. I know what it's
1: called. It's those, like, little holes. I It grosses me out, too.
0: It's, yeah. I don't, I don't have that so called. bad, but this triggered that for me for sure. Well, Um, yeah. Jillian's work surprises are always great. You never know.
1: Well, I think they were advertising. It sounds really bad, but deeper holes. They were trying to, like, you get get extra soup (laughs) because it's a deeper hole. I think that's what it was (laughs) from Panera. Uh, So never mind. But that was.
0: (laughs) This is a family show. (laughs) Um, All right. But back to the wholesome video i found on youtube because one thing i do watch a lot of on youtube are cat videos and so the algorithm knew that i wanted to see this channel which is helpful vancouver vet and (laughs) he is the sweetest man he looks like if pete Buttigieg had like an older um hobbitier (laughs) brother or something he just looks extremely kind and he just seems like it he has that canadian accent too which Definitely helps. And his name is uh, Yuri Burstyn. His whole thing, and I feel like he's made this uh, a marketing thing, because the video that I fell in love with his channel, Via, and now he has, like, shirts about it, is his video on how to handle a cat. And his advice about midway through is to squish that cat. And what does he mean by (laughs) squish that cat? It's like when you're trying to trim your cat's nails, give it a pill, or just need to restrain it, he reminds cat owners that if you just put pressure on the front part of like where, you know, the shoulders are not, not too much, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt the cat, but just firmly squish that cat (laughs) and the cat cannot get up, right? They can't get the leverage they need to stand up. I pulled out two quotes that I loved. All you need to know about cat restraint is squish that cat and cats are happy to be squished like that, which sounds actually like a song. I kind of, I feel like there should be a remix of it.
1: I I can relate. I mean, I love videos, watching videos of cats, like how to hold a cat. Or I found this one YouTube video. Do cats like to be held like babies? I know some person instructing you how to properly hold a cat like a a baby. So um, I I think I'll have to check this out. I don't know if cats are happy to be squished. (laughs) I don't know. that. I think there's different levels of squish. (laughs) So does he actually have a cat, which he is showing?
0: Yeah, he's doing it on the cat. Okay, okay. He also has a really adorable shoulder cat in the video.
1: Oh, I love a good shoulder cat.
0: Which is a, a whole thing that I realized kind of later into my cat obsession, which is that some cats just need to be on your shoulder, which I've always wanted to have a shoulder cat. I know. But check him out. He's compared to... he's uh, Some people refer to him as the veterinarian Bob Ross, and I think that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> and you'll learn a lot about uh, caring for cats and dogs. So it's, it's worth so a view. Sweet. Helpful Vancouver vet on YouTube.
1: And I assume he's based in Vancouver.
0: Yes, okay. <laughs> for sure. There's no mistaking it. He's definitely Canadian.
1: <laughs> well, that makes it even better, more cozy, or so. Definitely gonna check that out. I mean, you can squish my cats when you. Cats
0: <laughs> That's all I'll be doing.
1: Give him a squish.
0: They're they're gonna just walk like that permanently. It's just kind of like low to the <laughs> ground. Julian, what's making you feel cozy?
1: Well, a few weeks ago, there was a virtual Red Rocks concert. It was a three-day music festival called Red Rocks Unpaused, and it's streamed from the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado, which I need to go to one day. I've always wanted to go. It looks beautiful. It looks so beautiful. It's it it so a stunning
0: outdoor venue.
1: Yeah, it's so so gorgeous. And so one of the acts was Phoebe Bridgers. She was opening, I forgot for who she was opening for, and it was at least, I would say, probably about, maybe an hour, or at least 45 minutes. And she was just playing out there in the Red Rocks and it was really beautiful because it was at night. And so they had all these different lights reflecting on the Red Rocks and that would change. What I didn't know was that you could vote for the lights to change. So uh, all these little neat things that you can do as a viewer from home. So you can vote on the encore, which also I didn't know. <laughs> but it didn't matter because I enjoyed just watching it while I was cooking dinner It was so calming because There wasn't any of the outside noise That you usually experience at a concert Which is, you know, the loud screaming Or <laughs> when me and me and Matt Saw Sharon Van and There's people dancing in front of you Yeah, um, no,
0: no weirdo dancers no, no,
1: blocking your entire view um, Could, could you no- vote for
0: that though? Could you vote for somebody <laughs> to stand in front of the camera And block your view? <laughs> so you felt oh, like you were really make there it real,
1: Yeah, I'd make it more real life I should suggest that there was, yeah, there was lots of calming things about it. And I think one of the biggest calming thing for me was after the song would end, there would be no applause. And some might say that would be eerie, I think, as one review wrote. But I didn't find it eerie. I thought found it really nice and just gentle and easy. Sometimes when I go to a live concert, I do feel anxious especially if it's not a band that i'm familiar with or i'm going with a friend and it's like super loud and i feel crowded and then you know everyone's screaming or chanting what have you but the only thing a fan interaction that i had was there's the emoticons so you know when you're like on a facebook live or something and all those emojis are flying up yes and yes so there, This was the same thing, and at first I was really annoyed by it, <laughs> but I guess it was nice to see the little smiley faces pop, popping up. Um, but I also don't understand that, because it's not like I'm keeping track of the smiley faces as I'm watching the show, but you know what I mean?
0: It is interesting, like, who is that for? Is it for yeah. the viewer, because it's actually making it a little harder to see the video. Is it for the person streaming it, so they can see how much they're loved? I guess that would be it, but the performers can't see that, so...
1: I don't know if it would fit that particular application. Yeah, you could also type messages and they would appear on the, the Red Rocks. So I also, which I miss, but I guess that's because there's different angles from which you could watch the show. I should have read into the tech side of it, but maybe that would have kind of hampered the experience because it is nice just to watch it without worrying about all those different things like what angle i being a bird's view oh I gotta send a yeah. message on the red rocks <laughs> I, I just enjoyed watching the concert and it was, really did improve my mood that night I was making dinner and just as I was eating the concert wrapped up and it was really fun and sweet
0: that sounds great yeah I don't know if you need to see people writing play free bird on the rocks you know <laughs> so
1: yeah I think they were trying to make it you know very 2020 you can write little messages on the rocks but we don't need any messages on the Red Rocks. The Red Rocks are beautiful. <laughs> Let's not try and mess them up. Let's just leave have the, the Red Rocks, rocks alone. Yeah, leave the Red Rocks alone. But I did like the colors reflecting on the Red Rocks. That was really pretty.
0: But yeah, Phoebe Bridgers is great. And that sounds like a really fun quarantine activity, which is to put on a concert that's interactive online. I think that's really innovative.
1: Yeah, it was fun. So I hope to do it again.
0: I'll have to watch that because I love Phoebe Bridgers, but I haven't had a chance to watch the actual concert. So yeah, now I have a YouTube. link thanks to you. so another thing that we've been doing from home in addition to watching youtube videos is celebrating fall so fall is here and jillian and i did several different fall activities to bring the season into our homes so there are four things that we did (laughs) four main areas um of fall celebration that we're going to discuss in terms of how you can really feel like fall is happening the first is fall dessert recipes. Then we'll talk about some hard ciders for partying <laughs> at home in the fall. Party. <laughs> we each made a fall wreath, which we're really excited to talk about. And there are also ways to leaf peep from home using fall foliage webcams. So we'll do some viewing and, and tell you where the peepin' is good.
1: Yeah, where the peepin's is good. I mean, <laughs> it just occurred to me today that you know it's mid september so we'll see what we'll get with our peepers but i'm i'm hoping cause i think that's when fall really comes out
0: this episode releases these will be even better peeps oh yeah so there'll be lots
1: <laughs> lots of peepin to do I'll also realize i i'm probably been in, been inside for too long i wrote uh instead of leaf l e e f leaf <laughs> 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 leaf <deepin'.
0: laughs> uh so when I share the link, I'll be sure to write it correctly. <laughs> All of these cameras are from, from guys named Leif. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Does that joke work spoken? Probably not. Anyway, let's start with talking about our fall dessert recipes. Jillian, what did you cook up in the kitchen to bring the fall into your home?
1: Well, I went with uh, delicious, sorry, delicious, I say pronounce pronounced deliciouses. <laughs>
0: Delish.
1: Delish is with well. What's it, the apostrophe? Oh, yeah. was, Wait, is this,
0: is this person named Delish? <laughs> no. no
1: It's the Donna Delicious
0: Pumpkin Crisp.
1: No, it's the website. Delish is. I don't know oh, how to say possessive. Like, uh, yeah, Delish. I would
0: say the the Pumpkin Crisp recipe by Delish.
1: Yeah, that would just make it easier. Okay.
0: <laughs> it does sound. If you put that possessive like. Delish, yeah.
1: Delish. Delicious Pumpkin Crisp. <laughs> I my yes, I did try. I tried to say it, but it sounds so weird. is
0: <laughs> Pumpkin Crisp. Okay. Uh, many, oh, one Lord. of the many ways that the English language fails us.
1: I know. All right. So I made a Pumpkin Crisp by Delish, that popular cooking website. It said it was supposed to be easy, so that's what attracted me to it. So you start out with a pumpkin puree mix and you you know include your heavy cream, your eggs, vanilla extract, a pinch of salt, and you mix it all up and then you pour it into a prepared pan that's already greased. Then the next step is to make the actual crisp, which is what I found personally to be the most <laughs> difficult part. Well, also let me just go back a little bit and mention that I don't have a skillet. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like skillet is a a rich man's device I, I just have a like a, a glass baking dish. Matt, do you have a skillet?
0: I don't have a skillet. I associate skillets with like country cooking, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know that I can see them as like a bougie thing. but um it's just more that I don't have one, and because I'm not that handy in the kitchen, although I'm becoming steadily better at it because we've been cooking way more as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. I also only have pretty much like my glass casserole yeah, exactly. dishes and my frying pans, etc. Yeah,
1: the bare the bare minimum and I think I got to elevate that and get a skillet into my life because also I when I was making this I had I was imagining Dave White following me around the kitchen or or dear friend who's an excellent chef and just you know, tisk tisking as I was pouring my um my pumpkin puree into my glass.
0: That's so funny because <laughs> I always think of that too. Like I imagine the whole time I was making my recipe, I'm like, Dave would hate this. <laughs> he would he would he would find 30 things wrong with how I'm doing this right now. Yes,
1: yeah, so I don't have a skillet. So like you said, it's more for country cooking, but I've never met um a contemporary of mine that has a skillet in their kitchen, but that's neither here nor there. So once you have your pumpkin puree blended and whatnot in the prepared pan, Then you have to pulse together your flour, brown sugar, and salt to mix it all in. There's no clumps. And then you have to cut cubes of butter. So this is another tricky thing for me because how do you how in the heck do you measure cubes of butter? I was just eyeing eyeballing it. And then once you have your cubes of butter, you combine it with your sugar and flour, and then you pulse it until it's like a crummy mixture. And then you have to roll it into tiny little balls the size of a teaspoon, I believe, which was difficult because it takes a long time to make little teaspoon balls, and then you have to drop it on top of the pumpkin puree. And what was a little bit alarming to me was I would drop the ball in and it would just sink. I thought it was supposed to sit at the top, but that just doesn't make any sense because there's gravity and it would go down, but <laughs> Maybe so it I was, was like, too oh, I hot. Learn. Maybe
0: you just to put it after it's cooler.
1: Well, no, no. You say okay. So this the the pumpkin puree mixture with the cream and the vanilla and pumpkin spice and salt. That's just a mixture that's sitting in the prepared pan. So there's yeah. no heating involved. So it's basically just all liquid. So you have to have enough little balls so it covers your pan and mixture. Sort of plopping it on top, but I think because the glass dishware is, it's um denser and it's there's more room. It's not like a skillet where maybe it's like you're throwing toppings on it,
0: mm, so it okay. just sunk to the bottom. I see.
1: Sounds a little alarming. So then I got a little frustrated, and so then I was I was just making the bigger balls. I was plopping <laughs> <laughs> plopping it in, and I didn't feel like making little balls, but that's neither here nor there. And then I had my um. God, Another thing I can't pronounce. It's it's pecans, right?
0: Yeah, I would say pecan, but I I do feel like I say it differently depending on where it's placed in a sentence. Like I I feel like I would say pecan pie, mm. but I would say if I were like given the word isolated, I would say pecan. So I I don't think I internally have decided how I want to say that word.
1: Okay, well, I'll so go I think with it's pecan. I think it's
0: okay that if you I, I think there's an argument for both.
1: Okay, so then you have to blend your pecans and you you know sprinkle that on top after you put your little your little balls on top of your pumpkin puree mixture. And so <laughs> once once everything is set, you just bake it for 40 to 45 minutes. Um I did an extra 40 <laughs> because it just wasn't <laughs> it just wasn't working. It was so oh, an soupy. hour of bake time on that. <laughs> it wasn't soup, it was just soupy. But once it came out it was it was pretty good. I put two scoops of vanilla ice cream on top of it, which I think made it. And it was way too sweet for me. Um, the five-star food critic I live with said it was not sugary enough. So, you know, I guess it's up to your your taste personal taste buds, but it had a great pumpkin flavor. I think it was a great idea to add the vanilla extract and the pumpkin pie spice. And then it the the pecans was a lovely addition because it had that nice crunch. My only thing is, I wish I had the skillet because I think it would be a lot more crunchier and more cakey and not as gooey because I don't think it's supposed to be so gooey. And I really wasn't feeling the crisp action because <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the balls just molded in with the puree. Yeah. So oh, also don't there's a hot tip if, you're, if you do have a gluten allergy. Don't listen to this. But if you don't, do not use gluten-free all-purpose flour, because it makes it taste very greeny. And I don't oh. think it worked for this. So that's just my hot tip. So that's my long rant about the pumpkin <laughs> pumpkin crisp.
0: Thank you for braving the pumpkin crisp for us so we can, can know the, the perilous way to the <laughs> yeah. crisp.
1: Well I had it. Would you make it again or
0: is this kind of like I don't I, it's not worth it?
1: Not worth it. I had the ingredients Delivered because I was running out of time, and the guy as he was leaving is like, "Good luck with your pumpkin pie." <laughs> it was like embarrassing. He was like yell- yelling at us. So he, he was leaving all so my neighbors. No, I got like a pumpkin pie ingredients delivered. Like a fiend came and go to the store myself. I had have my pumpkin pie ingredients delivered. Listen, pumpkin so. pie ingredients aren't
0: the easiest to find. Always, it can be difficult to find canned pumpkin in stores. Yeah,
1: it was a lot of places were out of stock. That's why I had to go to this last resort and have it, you know delivered that way. So, um, but yeah, I don't think I'd make it again. But if you have a skillet, I think it's worth trying out.
0: Someone with a skillet, try it out and let us know if you mm-hmm. could crack the pumpkin crisp code. Yeah, my recipe. Speaking of gooey, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I made an apple butter gooey butter cake. Why did I choose this? Well, first of all, I thought, okay, so pumpkin is a very clear favorite for fall baking recipes, but apple is also a fall oh, fruit. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to try something um, a little off the pumpkin path. <laughs> <laughs> also, my husband's from St. Louis, and in St. Louis, there's a delicacy known far and wide, everyone loves it, called gooey butter cake. hmm Every time we're in St. Louis, we enjoy it, but we've never made our own. So we, as I said in our last episode, we've been doing more rhubarb recipes. Like we're kind of in a rhubarb rut, (laughs) but like in a good way. It's been tasty. So we knew we wanted to make rhubarb gooey butter cake, but I thought for the sake of the show, I would make a fall version of it with apple butter.
1: Ooh, sounds good.
0: And plus any recipe with the word butter twice is going to be good. Oh yeah, I
1: I didn't realize that. Apple butter gooey butter. (laughs)
0: So I used the recipe from uh, the blog Homemade in the Kitchen from Carla Cardello. Essentially, a gooey butter cake has two halves of it. There's the bottom layer, which is cake. In fact, most recipes that we found just use cake mix that you hmm. would find from like Betty Crocker or Pillsbury or whatever. It's, it's almost I, I didn't find any recipe actually aside from the one I used that suggested a scratch cake base.
1: Well, that sounds better to me. I'd rather have a, that step taken care
0: of. I know, right? So I, I didn't have it taken care of.
1: <laughs> you decided to go from scratch?
0: Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, the the flour and the sugar and the I, baking powder. Yes, you're right. It's, it's, not, it's not really anything. So you have that bottom layer of cake, and then you have the filling layer with whatever the heck you want. In this case, it was going to be apple butter. Which is nice and spicy, a little sweet, very fall flavor. So I made the, the cake layer, and then you put that in your pan, and then you make your filling layer. It's so simple, Jillian. So all that's in that, the apple butter part of it, and it's so fluffy and light. Oh my goodness. That so good. delicious. It's powdered sugar, apple butter, nutmeg, and cinnamon.
1: How do you make the apple butter?
0: The apple butter comes in a can. I didn't make oh, the apple butter from scratch. Oh,
1: okay, that sounded so complicated to me. Yeah,
0: that's a whole other thing. I mean, I can't, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> about to make butter out of apples. I imagine it's like a big ch- uh, butter churn. I'm sure that's how it's made. Like yeah, You know when you're a kid and you it. go to those like kind of reconstructions of like, the pilgrims used to make their own butter. And <laughs> that's like, oh, there's always a butter churn standing in the corner. <laughs> anyway, so no, no, none of that. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the filling. Oh, I forgot the most impar- important part of the filling, though. The cream cheese. Mm. And I feel like every recipe that I've shared on the show has cream cheese in it. I don't have any intention of stopping. I'm a cream cheese fiend. So delicious. <laughs> so yeah, so it's apple butter, cream cheese, an egg, butter, of course. You got to have double butter, vanilla, sugar, powdered sugar, ground cinnamon, and ground nutmeg. So you have that cake base. Then you put your filling on top of it. And then you just put it into the oven, 350 for, it says 45 to 50 minutes. I did 45 minutes, and it turned out okay. The thing about a gooey butter cake, and the reason it has that name, is that there's a, where that cream cheese filling Mm -hmm. meets the cake is gooey. And I guess in some, in most cases, it's not technically underbaked, but you kind of want that kind of underbaked quality to it in the middle, a gooey center. And when it came out after 45 minutes, and maybe my oven runs a little hot, it just was a little too not gooey. It was just a very firm, nice cake.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which kind of defeats the purpose of the gooey butter cake.
0: Was it delicious? Absolutely. It's cake with apple butter on top of it and cream cheese. It was amazing. I love this recipe. I will do it again. I just, I think I will lower the bake time or try to figure out the heat issue, but I, I just feel like it was a little overbaked.
1: It made your house smell nice, I bet. It,
0: it absolutely did. We also made a rhubarb one that was... Whoa, with, oh, I can't
1: get away from that rhubarb.
0: We can't. No, with a vegan. So a gooey butter cake with like vegan butter. So um, my husband and I were kind of having like a war of... I was using real butter and he was using vegan butter. It made the cake like layer for his very like Play-Doh-y. And it came out mm-hmm. very dense. I, I think that's like a lot of vegan baking. It yeah. comes out so dense. Um, It was still delicious. And I actually think the vegan one ended up gooier. Um, They're both tasty. I just feel like I now have a new appreciation because it's so simple. Once you're making it, you're like, oh, my goodness, all gooey butter cake is, is a, a bottom cake layer and a filling layer. It's like, just like basically cake for dummies, like without any kind of planning. It's just like, just throw it in the pan and bake it. But there is kind of a science to getting that perfect gooey center. So I have a newfound respect for that. But I do yeah. recommend it. Try out the apple butter, gooey butter cake recipe.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think if you just played around with the temperature, because maybe you're, like you said, your oven does run hot and just play around with the, the temperature and the time. You might have their, your perfect cake. It sounds great. And what I love about it, it sounds extremely easy. I've never even heard of apple butter before. I've i I didn't know they even sold that in stores. Is it, where did you find it?
0: I found it where they have like uh, jelly jams and peanut butter. It's, it's there.
1: Oh, hmm. yeah. I never, I never had that. never even heard of a gooey butter cake
0: before. So well, welcome to a whole new world, Julian. of Just yeah. apple butter, gooey butter cakes. <laughs> no, I'm going to
1: try it out. It sounds, sounds amazing.
0: And it's so simple. It's just, it's just get, perfecting that center is, is more challenging than I thought, but I, it's a challenge I'm willing to take.
1: Yeah, I think what I learned from doing this exercise is that it's just nice to make your house smell like fall cooking.
0: You just bake it and throw it out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Who needs a candle? That's your
1: candle, yeah.
0: Uh, The thing that always drives me crazy is I'm the only one in the relationship who eats sweets. So now that we have an infinite supply of gooey butter cake in our house, like, we just made two pans of it. I'm I'm about to gain 20 pounds because I'm the only one that's going to eat it. Such is my burden.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hate – I really don't like sweet stuffing. That was one of the, the things about the pumpkin crisp. But I was pouring the sugar in, I was wincing. I was like, oh, God, this is a lot of um, sugar. But I think there's a sweet tooth person in every relationship because Jay is a big sweet tooth. As I, as I said, it wasn't sweet enough, <laughs> which <woo>. –
0: <laughs> Very <laughs> well, sweet. <yeah. laughs> you know what? I, I think that it's always good just to try the recipe as it is first mm-hmm. and then – I find in most cases, I will dial back the sugar because usually there's too much. A lot, yeah. So next we have some recommendations for some beverages you can use to wash down your fall dessert. And what better to end the evening with another sugary (laughs) um, (laughs) beverage, which is hard cider. Jillian first brought this list to us from bestproducts.com about the best hard ciders. I, I, I bring it up, Jillian, because it's so funny, because I was looking at it, and it's like, I just feel like the writer, like, she just loves rosé. So every other item is, try this rosé hard cider. Try this hard uh, rosé hard cider. It's like, we get it. You like rosé, but not every great hard cider is r- rosé-themed. Uh, Although I did try one.
1: <laughs> well, rosé's having a moment. Um, it's also really hard to find cider, ciders. Well, if we recommend one, you know, they're, a lot of the times they're locally yeah. based. And so that's also a difficulty. And since it's getting into fall, the ciders that I wanted to try were sold out for weeks. So it's, it's one of those things. You really have to search wide and far for a good cider. That's at least my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I think of sort of the mass-market ciders, I always think of Angry Orchard. Yes. We're not going to talk about Angry Orchard because you have it, you've tried it. Another one is Strongbow, which I think is pretty popular, especially in the UK. That, I wouldn't say that's a fancy cider by any means. Not that the ones I had. I don't know if how fancy ciders really can get anyway. So I tried two. I tried the Ace Joker... <laughs> dry apple craft cider. I picked it cuz it's California based, they're in Sonoma. And the thing is is that it's not cozy in the sense that the joker label no. is terrifying. Like I just hate it.
1: <laughs> and I have, I don't understand what marketing person was like this is a great logo for this. It really represents cider cuz I know exactly what you're talking about. I
0: think a lot of bros like cider. I think it's kind of really? not, yeah, it's not as discussed <laughs> in the mainstream media. <laughs> But um, yeah, I I, th- I think there is like a a root and tootin cider crew that <laughs> oh I, I out there and they love their Ace Joker. We've uh, got to
1: do some reporting uh, dry on that. I...
0: cider. The label's not cozy, but it is decent cider. It's very crisp. It's uh very champagne like. I would say very effervescent. So I I wouldn't not recommend it. It was fine. I wouldn't say I was over the moon um on it. I did actually like the rosé apple cider I had, which was by Stem Ciders. Mm-hmm. It was, it's called off dry. I don't know what that I don't know how you can be off I, dry. I don't know what that means. Uh, this this company is based in Denver, Colorado. I actually to sound like the author of that article you shared, <laughs> I really liked the rosé cider. It was very light and refreshing. Ciders are prone to being sickly sweet. Yep. Um. And so I think this one did a better job of being effervescent and light and not too sweet, kind of drier, although I guess it's off-dry. I don't know what that means. But anyway, it was good. But in either case, I could only do one glass of cider at a time. I, I, in general, I find cider to be just a little too cloying, but I do like one glass of it. It does feel very autumnal.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things about ciders because they're so seasonal and you want to have – a lot to enjoy the season with, but unfortunately it's just drinking a glass of sugar. That's basically what you're doing. And I, when I was trying out this cider, my cider, which is the Smith and Forge hard cider, I did not look at the back of the sugar content (laughs) because I knew that I would just, it would just ruin the experience saying how much sugar is in there. Um, so mine was way too sweet. But I will say that it was refreshing. It did have a distinct apple taste because sometimes ciders, even though there should be apple ciders, hard ciders, they don't have that fruit taste that you're, you're wanting and looking for. It just tastes like you're drinking sh- um, watery sugar. So that was what's going for it. Unfortunately, little carbonation. I like my ciders to have like a teensy bit of carbonation, and this was just completely flat. Oh, that's a so bummer. I didn't like that. Yeah, so it was like very syrupy. And they're ma- it's made in Tennessee, by the way, and the company launched in 2014. And I thought it was kind of weird, their slogan. Well, it's not their slogan, but it's on their About page. And I said, in 12 and 16-ounce cans, along with 12-ounce bottles, your biceps will express their gratitude. So maybe, like you said, Matt, they are marketing towards that. The bros out there who are going for their hard cider. Yeah, they're they're um, lifting
0: with their cider.
1: Yeah, that was like a weird like thing to have on your About page. But um, So I would not have this again, but... The positive side is that I I believe it's distributed widely because I got it at Safeway. So there's a lot of Safeways around. And you perhaps try it, maybe if you like sweet ciders. And if you don't, I have some other recommendations that I usually go to when I want some cider. So Tin City's Rosé Cider, Paso Robles, and then Golden State Cider Mighty Dry from Sonoma. Those two are not sweet and I can have multiple cans of it really good. And then I really wanted to try the Storm Along Cider, which is based in Massachusetts, but they were sold out in my local store. So if you're in the, the East Coast and Storm Along Cider has awesome reviews, so I might check that out.
0: Yeah, those sound like good recommendations. And now we know if you don't want to drink the cider, you can free use it as free weights. Yeah, so. there
1: you go. And unfortunately, I had to buy it in... Uh, yeah, I think there's 12 cans in one of those like Big big packs. They didn't have it one one can or six pack of whatever. So I really did have to carry out <laughs> wow. large box. And So now I have all these Smith and Forge hard ciders and Rager and Jillians.
0: Do, <laughs> yeah. do you even lift cider, bro? <laughs> yeah. Now that our our bellies are full, we're a little tipsy. It's time to make a fall wreath. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm in like a coma, sugar coma. <laughs>
0: actually i i I would love the here's a challenge for you do all this in one day
1: (laughs) yeah i didn't realize it sounded so fun and enlightened and it it definitely i will say all this was super fun but you have to spread it out because it's a lot to do in a small amount of time yeah
0: but this was my favorite thing this is i I, making a fall wreath was so fun it, it i immediately felt like we were i was in the season i was prepared my home was beautified I highly recommend taking the time to make a fall wreath. Jillian, can you tell us about the wreath that you made?
1: Sure. So I had never made a wreath before, so I wanted to have a little guide. And thankfully, this is all by way non-ad. Michael's has these kits. Well, not kits per se, but they have a list of uh, things that you would need to make your fall wreath. And then you can just add it to your card as you go. So I made their fall ribbon-wrapped Wreath and they have a bunch of different fall ones to choose from. And I like this one because it was simple and and pretty and it didn't look that difficult. So my recommendation when you're making this wreath is to really think about the materials you'll actually need. Cause I was like a little fool adding, uh, like, oh, I need the um Wire cutter scissors, or I need the cloth cutter scissors, but I have scissors that could easily do that from home. Or double check to make sure that you're not getting doubles of things. Like, so oh, I had pins at home and I bought the pins thinking I didn't instead of just checking. So, once you have all your materials, you can either pick it up at their store or have it delivered. And this was pretty easy. So, I got a foam floral craft wreath and then some ribbon to wrap around it. So After you do three loops and choose the ribbon you want, I chose a a sparkly orange ribbon. And then after every three loops of tightly wrapping it around your foam wreath, you put a pin in it to make sure that it stays. And once you have that all wrapped up, then you can add on your decoration. So I chose um, some lovely berry pine cone spray, had a pumpkin had some um, some more berries and leaves. And I think Matt and I chose actually the same stuff from Michael's, same decorations from Michael's.
0: Pretty much. We, but, we used the same pumpkin pick.
1: Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. So once you have the ribbon on, it's pretty much just glue gun that stuff on. You can assemble it the way you want. I only hit a snag when I had to make the ribbon. So the ribbon, you fashion it, well, you know, in the middle of your sprays. And so I I guess I don't know how to make a ribbon. I watched five videos. I was almost at tears. I just do not know how to make a ribbon. It is very difficult. So I wanted um, a black ribbon to go with my orange background and my orange ribbon. So I have like more of a Halloween-y look, I guess, than Mm -hmm. fall. And it was so difficult to make that dang Ribbon. If anyone has some ribbon tips, I watched, yeah, all these YouTube videos. Um, so once I finally got that ribbon, that was my last piece and it's glue gun that on. And I think it came out really, really nice. It looked really good in my opinion. And I can't wait to hang it up on the front door. I haven't done that yet, but it was super simple. I think it took me about an hour And it was really, really fun. It was fun checking out what ribbon I wanted because they have all these different fall ribbons so you can kind of play around with it and get creative and then pick out your different sprays. And that was it was just like a really fun experience I did on a Friday night. And it was nice after work to just kind of zone out and make a wreath. And so I recommend it. Um, You don't have to do the kit like I did. I think, like Matt, you did a free form. You chose your own.
0: Yeah, I designed my own wreath.
1: Yeah, so I might do that next time and get myself... You know the opportunity to be more more creative because I think I, I stuck too closely to Michael's instructions.
0: I don't know though. I think it's good for to start out with maybe something a little more prepared so that mm-hmm. you can just focus on the craft and get the experience down, and then yeah. now you're prepared for ribbon work. Well, not totally ribbon work yet, but <laughs> choosing no. your picks and choosing your sprays, and yeah. I, I think. I think all that stuff is it's now you're ready for the, the next step. So if you are kind of a beginner to fall wreaths, I think you did a great thing, which is, and Michael's, I, I actually, I looked at that too. I, I almost did go with a very similar kind of, they, they have all the pieces for you. You just kind of put it all in your cart and you're good to go. It's so mm-hmm. simple. So if you do kind of want to not think about like everything you want to put on your wreath, check out the, the projects page on Michael's because they kind of have these lists for you.
1: Yeah. So it was was a lot of fun. I've never made a wreath before. And I think that my favorite part, like I said, was just picking out the different sprays and ribbons and designing it that way and having that creativity.
0: Yeah. So for mine, I, as you said, designed my own. I knew I wanted to use a grapevine wreath also because... My husband was insistent on it. (laughs) But I'm no stranger to making wreaths, and I I have used grapevine wreaths in the past. They are just super simple because it's this tangled circle of vines, and it's so easy just to shove stuff into them, and they stay because, you know, it's really tightly compacted. So you don't have to do much, if any at all, gluing or tying down. I did also buy copper wire to tie down some things because there are parts of it that even though yeah you can like shove something in it'll be relatively secure it, it might not it might stick out in a way you don't want it to or you might want to have it kind of like pull it back closer to the wreath or you might want to really angle something a certain way so you do want to have some wire there to have more control over the different parts of the wreath first of all before i go into even how i decorated it that grapevine wreath online i ordered a 24 inch because i i made the mistake of going to martha stewart's blog Oh and I was like, what's a, what's a normal size wreath for a door? Because measurements elude me. So I, on her blog, it said 24 inches. And I was like, okay, I'll get that. <laughs> I show up to Michael's to pick up my order. Because I ordered it all online. I just wanted to pick up and get out of there. Because like, right, every time I go out of that apartment now, it feels like contagion. So I just want to be in and out. So I, I go to pick it up. And there's this big and wreath. That would, I I, I couldn't get in the door if I put that on my door. Like it would just be, (laughs) it would be insane. There was no place for it. But because I'm so weak and deliberative, I take it all the way back to my car. And then I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, this is too big. What am I doing? Like I, I, and the thing is I knew it was too big the second it was handed to me, but I still needed the processing time to take it back. Like really think for a second, like, am I going to accept this wreath?
1: (laughs) I would have done the same exact thing because I feel like I'm doing an inconvenience by saying, oh, it's too big, even though it actually is too big and I do not want this. I have a weird thing with service stuff where, yeah, I'm in a store and I get the wrong thing. I'll be like, thank you for this wrong thing and go about my day. (laughs) Exactly.
0: It's almost like I felt embarrassed going back and being like, I ordered the wrong thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, even though that happens all the time. But yeah, I need to get therapy for
0: that. (laughs) Exactly. I am proud, though, that I did... Muster up the courage to go back that same day and return it and exchange it for an 18 inch wreath, which was just the right size. So if you're going for like a normal sized door, I don't, if, I don't know if these people have these big double sized doors. Do 18? Probably inches. that's Probably in a
1: Greenwich or Treshaw. Or... Right.
0: <laughs> I found eight, yeah. eight, 18 inches to be much more a, a much better fit for a, a regular door. Once I ha- once you have the wreath, you. Then have to kind of pick what your design is. I did kind of pre-plan it based on like, I went to Pinterest to kind of get a sense of like, what of these options, like what direction do I want to take my wreath? I did kind of know I wanted to do a somewhat asymmetrical design where you have kind of like a cluster on one third of it, um, kind of like on the lower like third, like maybe kind of off kilter. And then to counterbalance that, like a little piece directly opposite of that. And with maybe something kind of like wrapping around the um, unadorned edges to kind of kind of give it some consistency, because I wasn't such a huge fan of the wreaths that were an explosion of uh, foliage where it's like the whole thing was a leaf. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind I'm of liked sure. the bare pieces as well. I, I like the, the explosions with some minimal aspects of it. That's my personal taste. But everyone you, you might want to do the whole thing which is is totally, those look, those look great too. So on the one side, I had like, you know, the, the pumpkin picks, and we'll, we'll put a picture online of both our ways. Like, you, it'll be, it's easier to look at it than for me to describe it. Yeah. But I would say like the one thing I got, I, I, I found it and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try incorporating this little fall owl decoration that you just put in. And it's like kind of like made out of, almost looks like a, not a pine cone, but like, you know, it's like very woody looking. Between putting it in my cart and checking out, it was out of stock at the location that I was going to. So I settled on a fall fox instead, kind of like begrudgingly, but I'm so glad I did because he, it's a really cute little fox. The fox is sitting in the center of the bottom arrangement. The one design constraint that the fox provided though, that I wasn't so thrilled on is I'm not going to have the fox sitting on the inside of the wreath sideways. So the kind of off kilter design I was going for kind of became slowly more middle just so that the fox could sit comfortably <laughs> and look more natural. Yeah, and then I finish it off with some mini maple leaves, um, some fake mums, and then the to, to kind of bridge between those two kind of like more flourishing halves of the wreath, a pumpkin and berry coiled garland.
1: And that's it. I think you did a fabulous job. I've seen a picture of it, and it's so cute. The fox really makes it. And it's a little different than an owl, because an owl is very common these days. So It's nice to switch it up and give the fox the credit it deserves. And it's very cute.
0: Yeah, Old I think different. it worked out. Thank you, Julian. I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I feel like the the fox was a happy accident, and it worked out.
1: Yeah, I would. I would buy that. I. I truly would. I saw it on Etsy. You did a fabulous job.
0: Thank you. I really. I, th- that means a lot. I. I, I love. This was great. I would say, like, of all the things we did, like just taking the time to buy these things, and 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 the the time it took to assemble it. It was such a lovely craft to do with a family or a friend mm-hmm. or you know your your loved one. I I really will do this every year from now on. It was just a great way to kick off fall and decorate the home prior to my Halloween explosion that's going to happen very soon. <laughs> and it can stay on longer, right? You can keep it up in November, right? After Halloween is yeah. come and gone. I highly recommend making a wreath. It's, it's, it's also pretty easy. I would say, like, after I got all the stuff, and I, the thing that took the most time was just kind of planning it and kind of the trial and error piece of, like, does this piece go here? Like how can I kind of like rearrange stuff in a certain way? Because I cut up certain elements to put them in different places, so that because a lot of the stuff, these like fake flower things, they come in these bunches, mm. and you you, you do want to cut them up and cut to kind of disperse them um, in different ways in a wreath. So there was some planning. I think the planning took the most time. but I think it was done in like an, like under an hour. It was pretty quick.
1: Yeah, same here. So it's just an easy, quick, fun thing to do. And it could last years. So that's cool.
0: One of the benefits of the grapevine wreath is if you're not that attached to it, you can just take it out and decorate it for Christmas. Or like, you know, oh, it, you, can, you can you can redo it as much as you want.
1: Oh, I didn't think that's that. Smart idea.
0: So we made some fake foliage in our wreaths, but nothing compares to the real deal. And while Jillian and I live in an on-fire fire city... <laughs> we can still leaf peep from home using some well-placed webcams around the country. Jillian, can you give us a tour of the cams that we have to to do some virtual leaf peeping?
1: This morning I checked out all the cams. I don't know if I'm just a paranoid person, but I always think these webcams, they're just fake. They're showing me old footage from years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, but I found one I think I really liked because I went as far north possible As I checked out the mountains in Tennessee, North Carolina, no peeping to be had there. And so I went to the Algonquin Park in Ontario, Canada. And there are some things to peep. Matt, if you want to... We're going to do this live. If you want to open up your Algonquin link. Uh,
0: So I'm opening up Algonquin Provincial Park.
1: Yeah. And so actually, there's a a few people on the observation deck, which is kind of cool. We're peeping people too. And uh, I do see some red leaves so there is some peeping to be had
0: yes the, the resolution of the live cam is relatively low mm-hmm. so it is a bit blurry but i do also spot in that in that corner some yellow and red some shocks of color but generally we're still green we're recording this in early september i i hope that by the time you listen to it there's a bit more yellow and red in this cam but yeah. it is a lovely view i like the the water like the lake that we're we're getting a sight of and if you do just want to watch people you can zoom in by um like wherever you put your cursor and you do kind of like that zoom in thing on uh, your trackpad you can like (laughs) zoom in on any part of it and and the people too if you want to spy while you're peeping Um, yeah it's
1: funny we're we're peeping on people peeping
0: yeah little do they know they're (laughs) Okay. Taking all, it things, there. <laughs> all things cozy has the, has its eye on them um
1: but yeah there i do see a beautiful spray of red so i think in a few weeks this view is going to be amazing
0: yeah and just a little bit of info about algonquin park it's in ontario canada and this was this whole view was built to celebrate their 100th anniversary
1: that's sweet yeah and so thank you algonquin park for letting us peep now we're going to move over to Middlebury College in Vermont. So we want to open that up. And I think we do have a few shocks of color. We have some orange, some yellow, not any reds yet, but we we are seeing a, a bit.
0: Yeah, so I'm seeing a little more red on the tips of leaves. Very pretty. I like the mountain view and the mm-hmm. college view is like really pretty. I will say I kind of wish it didn't have this kind of fisheye. Situation because it's a little bit distorted,
1: Mm -hmm. and they have a well. It's positioned in a way where it's a there's a fence or balcony, so that does obscure the view a little bit. But I love an East Coast um, college scene in the fall, so that's what I'm appreciating about this.
0: Yes, I. They also need to wash their window, but
1: uh (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because my screen's so dirty. It's. Like oh, it's my screen, but uh, again, yeah, I guess it's their screen. Yeah, no, they, need a, they screen. Need, a, need a wash in. Yeah. So thank you, Middlebury College, for letting us compete. And the last one I have was from the National Park Service, so Acadia National Park in Maine, and I think this is one of the better quality webcams that we're seeing. It's a small. we can well, you can expand the screen, but I think in terms of clear clearness, this is the best one we've seen so far. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's very pretty. And I I know once the leaves turn, it'll be gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I do think I liked the interest of the people also peeping (laughs) in the Algonquin Park one. Because this is such a beautiful landscape, but it's so still. There's a part of me that feels like it's just a picture. It's not a, it's not a live cam.
1: <laughs> I, I know that's what's kind of making me nervous. I I always think I'm being fooled with these quote unquote webcams, but I'm hoping this is real. So maybe we should take a screenshot and then compare it for yeah. people who look. But it's supposed to be from McFarland Hill. So I don't know.
0: I love the idea of us just watching a single <laughs> static image for an hour. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. But I think the one the Algonquin. Park is probably your best bet just because it's in Canada. So the leaves are going to change more quickly up there. There's people on the observation deck. So, and it blinks live. So that might just be some fake thing they threw in there to trick us. But it gives me a little bit more hope that it is an actual live webcam. And you can see people walking, enjoying the view, which is cozy. So it feels like you're there. And the leaves are already changing there. So that's good.
0: Yeah, these are really cute little webcams. They're worth checking out. Put them on while you're making your autumn wreath and you can kind of feel like you're in nature while you beautify your home for the fall season. (laughs) So now that we've brought fall into our home and we're ready for the, the autumn season, let's settle in to our soothing sounds. The song that's soothing me this week is... By the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. They have a new album out called Gaslighter. Most of the album is Natalie Maines absolutely ripping into her ex husband. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to highlight this song called Juliana Calm Down, which is a song dedicated to their daughters about how to handle heartbreak. Mm -hmm. So let's take a listen to Juliana Calm Down by the Chicks. like the lyrics about reminding you know the the daughter that it will be a temporary situation light will be shed there will be better times ahead if you persevere through heartbreak and i just i don't know it's a simple message it's it's i would say it's one of the more upbeat and empowering songs I mean, there's a lot of empowering songs in the album um actually but i feel like this one does it without centering an evil man?
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so. I thought it was so pretty, and I love how they call out each daughter by name. It makes it really special, and it's just a I feel good song. And like you said, it's a nice reminder that things are temporary. But I, I personally, I find the most cozy the personalization of it, just really sweet.
0: When I found out that that's actually the names of the daughters of the band members, I, I my appreciation for the song exponentially increased because i I just think that's a really cute um yeah super cute cute. a cute thing jillian what song is soothing you this week
1: well mine's an oldie i've done a lot of new ones so (laughs) i think i can go back a little bit this is harvest moon by neil young it was released in 1992 from the album the same name and i didn't know this but the reason why he made the harvest moon album was because he as he told uh, mojo magazine he didn't want to hear any loud sounds <laughs> anymore and it's definitely <laughs> a, a, a quiet sweet love song and i didn't know that he had developed a hearing condition which makes everything sound like it's the volumes turned way up so this was a creative way for him to yes yeah help his affliction and, and soothe him and i found out this found this song i actually never heard it before because holly miranda did a beautiful uh cover in uh september early september of it so and i checked out the original song i really love the original
0: so let's listen to harvest moon by neil young because i'm still in love with you i want to see That's a cozy masterpiece of a song.
1: Yeah, and the, the music video is super zany, but...
0: Um... I love the music video. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off. My favorite part is where the, the guy's sweeping... <laughs> The guy's sweeping the ground to the way that that kind of symbol thing. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what that's called, where they kind of like sweep the symbol with the the brush. I, is it brushing the symbol? I don't know. But yeah. um, to make that sound. And then he's sweeping the floor to it, but it's the floor <laughs> outside. He's like sleeping in the pavement. It's just for the camera. And then he like checks and looks at the camera to see like, did you get the shot? <laughs> and it's just all these people dancing in a bar. It's really sweet. I, I love the video sweet. and I love the song.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a super sweet song. It's so gentle, and it's, you know, appropriate Harvest Moon is coming up on October 1st, so I thought it would be nice to share. But yeah, it's just a really cozy, cozy thing. If you want to watch the insane music video, please do.
0: It's that's the, perfect <laughs> the perfect song for our Fall From Home episode. Definitely watch the music video. It's actually yeah. not an option. It's assigned by All Things Cozy. Homework for you. <laughs> that brings us to our candle review. I have the candle this week, and it's a Yankee. <laughs> Brace <laughs> yourself, as listeners know, I buy bony bunch figurines from Yankee Candle every year, and when I do my kind of Halloween reup, I will shop around and see what new kind of fall wares they have because I really Yankee um, is primarily what I what I burn in the fall because of the bony bunch thing. So, because usually the Boney Bunch uh, figurines from Yankee Candle, they the the candle holders is is what they are. Will go on sale in late August, and so my supply has arrived just in time for this episode. I didn't get any Boney Bunch figures this year, and and I, just to be clear, what those are? Those are tea light holders or jar holders that are in these kind of they're jovial skeletons, right? Um, the theme this year was Asylum, which. Huh. I didn't like it. very <laughs> cozy. No, it's not. And they did Carnival last year. I don't like clowns for Halloween. It's not mm-hmm. my thing. So I actually haven't bought any Boney Bunch for the last two years. They need to get their act together and go back to their Victorian goofy roots. I liked the <laughs> ones that had stupid top hats on. Like they look like Tim Burton outtakes. That's, that's my jam a little bit more. But anyway, I digress. I did buy Candles. And so I got, you know, I got my annual Witch's Brew, and I got some of the new scents, uh, including Jack-O-Lantern, which we'll talk about um, in an upcoming episode. But I want to highlight one of their new scents this year from their brand new series, the Bonfire Night series.
1: Sounds cozy. And
0: it's called Warm and Cozy. Doesn't get better than that. Oh,
1: it does not get better than that.
0: Very appropriate. So the candle is described as a beautiful bonfire night, ends up wrapped up in a soft blanket as you breathe in crisp, fresh notes of cedar, cashmere, and eucalyptus. The top notes are balsam, peppermint, and eucalyptus. Mid notes are cashmere, cedarwood, and golden amber. And the base is patchouli, lit firewood, and musk. And I will say this is a gorgeous scent. I love this candle. They really capture a fire outside in, in the autumn, the, especially, you smell the lit firewood and the cedar wood way more than you think you would.
1: That's good because I was kind of worried that the peppermint and
0: eucalyptus would overpower it. No, I think they round it out. But you're really getting mostly that amber and firewood scent.
1: That's awesome because this is a candle not only like used in fall, but also in the summer bonfires too.
0: Yeah, this is exactly the kind of scent I like in my in my home. I give it a, an enthusiastic wick up. I I love Warm and Cozy by Yankee Candle.
1: Well, the title is amazing. The name Warm and Cozy. I'm loving like you said all these fragrant notes. It sounds it sounds beautiful. Golden amber, uh the lit of firewood sounds so inviting. So I might have to get one on my own.
0: I want to try more of these bonfire night series because I like smoky, woody scents, and, and it's a lot of different types of that. So check it out, Yankee Candle. I know they don't need any help. They're a huge company, but uh, <laughs> I, I do love them still. Um, and this is a great new entry into the Yankee Candle collection. Before we close out, we want to give some shout-outs.
1: Yeah, so I just want to thank everyone for all their sweet birthday wishes. I really felt the love from ATC. A ton of you left comments and gifts and all sweet kinds of notes so thank you so much you really made me feel special on my birthday thank you
0: happy birthday jillian
1: thank you getting my my virgo on me and jonathan taylor thomas we share a birthday me and pink who else uh david arquette
0: all the stars <laughs> all the stars <laughs> uh good old jtt and david arquette
1: <laughs> In good company
0: That does it for our show this week. We'll be back in your ears with fresh new coziness uh, in two more weeks. Until then, keep up with us online at All Things Cozy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Until then, stay cozy. Stay cozy.